0: Slava, Ukraini. Slava. The Curiosity Hour podcast may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to another listener-supported episode of the Curiosity Hour podcast. I'm Dan.
1: And I'm Tommy. Tonight, we're thankful to have Allegra Hernandez join us. We enjoyed hearing Allegra talk about mentoring young people, especially queer youth and gender-expansive youth, sharing with us the experience of coming to terms with their identity and talking about creating the music and lyrics for their new album, Gift Exchange. We encourage you to visit our website, Podcast.com, and to continue to be curious about the people and stories all around you. curious.
2: Stay curious. Stay curious.
1: Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.
0: Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Tonight, we want to say a special hello to our listeners in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Raytown, Missouri, Ashburn, Virginia, San Francisco, California, and Toronto, Canada. Tonight, we had Allegra Hernandez on the podcast. And Tommy, what's that out to you from our conversation with Allegra?
1: Dan, early on in the conversation, Allegra talked to us about the importance of having um, the opportunity to be somebody that... They didn't have a whole lot of when they were growing up. They didn't have people who were like them, who were queer like them, who were biracial like them, who had the same lived experiences as them. And being a, having a chance now to step into that space and to be there authentically for the young people that they work with on a regular basis to be able to foster and mentor and nurture the love of music and the ability for the students that they work with to really come into their own, to step into their own identity. It was really, it was really encouraging and inspiring to hear how they are very conscientiously and very uh, authentically living that space that was needed when they were younger. What about you, Dan?
0: Yeah, I agree with you on all that. I Allegra's awesome and I really appreciated the different ways that they uh talked about helping and mentoring young people. And that was that was great to hear about. I also uh really appreciated when they were talking about the the music and the new album and the creation of the songs. They went into great detail about uh, the lyrics, and that was great because it, w- it was really helpful kind of to break down each section of the song and to get more context to it and to get different aspects of it. So I, that, was, that was a real treat as
1: well. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And without further delay, here is our conversation with Allegra Hernandez. Well, tonight, we're excited to have Allegra Hernandez join us on the Curiosity Hour podcast. Allegra, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Of course. Um, Hi, everyone. uh, To anyone who's listening, my name is Allegra Hernandez. Um, I use they, them pronouns. I am a musician. Um, I'm a professional musician. So I'm a performing artist, a songwriter, a guitarist. Um, I'm also a lessons instructor. And I work with um, youth in my day-to-day career uh, in private lessons and group band rehearsals. And I also am biracial, uh, Latinx, and I am also queer and non-binary. Um, and those, that's how I would describe myself.
0: Well, Allegra, thanks again for joining us and talk to us about what makes your life meaningful, what gives your life purpose, what makes you feel alive, what's your bliss?
2: Great question. Uh, I love that question. So um, what makes me, what brings me so much joy in my life is definitely my number one passion, uh, which is music. Um, I find so much joy and fulfillment fulfillment being able to do what I do as a musician and as a person as well Um, something that I find so much joy in is being able to live out a dream that I've had since I was 12 or 13 Um, I'm 24 now and I've always had a dream of being a musician and a performer. And that's something that I've been lucky enough to be able to fulfill. And um, on the other hand, what also brings me joy and fulfillment and just gives me a purpose in life is also doing my work and my day job as uh, an instructor. um, I support Um, youth especially you know queer queer youth and young people and I when I was young you know I wasn't able to have um, role models or people I could look up to who were adults who were similar to me in the way of being out um, or even who looked like me and who have similar similar life experiences as me and I feel very honored to work with uh, youth uh, through Girls Rock Des Moines, which we'll talk about later, and at School of Rock Des Moines. And it brings me so much fulfillment to see my students and people younger than me succeed. Um, And I love giving back to to my community in any way that I can. Um, Something that's also important to me are uh, my friends, of course. I have so much love for all of my friends, whether it be my bandmates or people that I've known for a while or new friends. Um, I love getting to know people and making new friends, and uh, yeah, I find a lot of fulfillment in that as well. Um, So quite a lot of things, but I guess um, what really gives my life purpose is is my is my career and how it's. It's it is very intertwined with my personal life because when you, you know, when you are when you do work in a creative field, whether it's music or art, whatever it may be, um, you know, it's not just like a regular job where hey, once I'm out at, uh, once I'm done with my nine to five shift, I can go home and leave my work at work. You know, for me, um, I do have to take that with me uh, when I go home and. That can be a good thing. Sometimes it can be um, tiring, you know, Um, because it's just a 24-7 way to live. But I find a lot of fulfillment just chasing my dreams that I'm very fortunate to have. Um, So that's how I would answer that question. I, I feel free to ask any follow-up questions about that if you want.
1: Well, I'm immediately wanting to find out more about, you, you talked about how you didn't have any role models who were out, who looked like you, who shared similar life experiences as you, as you when you were growing up. So talk yeah. about talk about that Um particularly, I'm I'm kind of hoping that you'll, you'll talk to us about what it was like when you began to recognize that you were queer and that you being biracial, that there was this distinction between you and possibly the other people around you. Talk about like where you grew up and what the population was like.
2: Thank you for asking that. I'm more than happy to answer this. So, so um, I was actually born in Albany, New York, but I didn't live there for too long. I think My family, uh, due to my mom, my mom's job profession, we moved. um, So I lived in Albany, New York, and then we lived in Denver, Colorado. Um, But I started elementary school and kindergarten in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, My family didn't move to Des Moines until I was about nine or ten. But just to give you some background. So I grew up going to Catholic school, Um, you know, in a suburban neighborhood throughout my life. And, you know, the the, both Catholic schools I went to in Omaha and Des Moines were, you know, majority white students and, um, you know, being biracial, being white and Latinx, um, you know, I, I did, you know, my culture was definitely different from a lot of my classmates and, um, I guess when I, uh, when I was 12 or 11 really is when I started realizing um, my sexuality, but I didn't even know what it was called at the time because I didn't have an understanding of that. And I just remember uh, learning from the teachings of this Catholic school and Catholic church, you know, like being gay or just, you know, not existing in a way they want you to exist is wrong, and I felt shameful when I was younger, like a younger preteen, and I was confused because I was trying to fulfill what I've been taught, and my teachers, you know, with the exception of maybe one, for the most part, I I didn't have um, any teachers that I felt I could see myself in or any adults in my life that I felt like, hey, that person seems like me. And um, it was a struggle. Um, although I, I came out um, as gay because just through the internet, I was able to learn about it um, when I was 12, which is, a, which is a young age to come out, but, uh, but it's normal. And um, I was still going to Catholic school at the time. And I didn't have a ton of friends. You know, I was treated as just an other in my class. Um, I was bullied, all of that. Um, And I never really had a foundational sense of self when I was younger. And it took me a while, maybe up until my senior year of high school to really find that. Um, And... I, I, you know, I, later on in high school, which I went to just a public school at that point, um, I came out as non-binary, um, or genderqueer, which is what I felt resonated with me, um, because I've, I've always, um, ever since I was little, I have always had lived a, a trans experience, and I remember, you know, when I was four years old, um, I, one time I asked my mom, I was like, Hey mom, am, am I your little boy? And my mom was kind of confused by it and just didn't really answer the question. But I guess, um, I've never, um, I always have known that I was queer and, um, it just took me a while to come to terms with it and find words to describe who I am. And, um, as I get older, uh, of course I meet so many more people like me and have so many friends like me now. But I always just remember I keep my younger self with me. I hold my younger self close to my heart because a lot of those feelings and, and struggles that I've had as a, a younger um, kid still kind of stick with me sometimes. And I want to be able to extend myself to students or youth that I work with that are kind of like me to be able to be someone, um, a role model or not even trying to be a role model. I just, I just want to be a trusted adult that, um, that they can come to, you know, because I, I surely didn't have that. And it's just something that I am passionate about. And I just want to extend myself and, and just help as much as I can.
0: Allegra, you mentioned uh, before that how it took time to come to terms with who you are. And I was wondering if you could talk to us about how music in general and how creating music and lyrics have helped you to navigate and embrace who you are.
2: Thank you for asking that. So music has been the most consistent foundational thing in my life. I've grown up with a lot of, um, internal family problems that have caused some trauma and, um, a lot of moving when I was younger, um, just things that aren't, that don't last forever in my life. And, um, I'm happy to say now that a lot of things I'm doing now, I have a feeling are going to last for a long time. But the one thing that I've always kept consistent at for over 10 years now is music. And it's something, as I said earlier, that brings me so much fulfillment and joy. And uh, expressing myself through songwriting is something that 100% has always been something that has allowed me to say things that I wouldn't be able to say with words and be able to feel things more deeply, um, even if I'm just doing instrumental music. Um, being able to allow the music to to enter in my heart and my soul. And um, you asked kind of like how how has music um, helped you come to terms with who you are? And I just think that the answer to that is one. It's it's been a consistent thing I've done to and throughout my life to the point where I've decided to make it a career and two, it, it pretty much in my opinion and my actually not opinion in my experience, it goes hand in hand. Like it is, it's a huge part of who I am. It's an extension of myself that I feel, um, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine my life without music because, um, it's always, it's always been there for me. And I've always been there for music. Um, so thanks for asking that. I, uh, those are my thoughts about that.
0: And Allegro, when you were talking about when you were young and describing the, the various ways that really adults weren't there for you, I'm wondering if you can talk about the emotional impact of that and how you were able to transform what sounds like it must have been extremely traumatizing and marginalizing, if if there's a way like you somehow were able to transform that, that really challenging experience into a way of mentoring and helping and like really uh, a lot of altruism. I was wondering if you could talk about that emotional piece and that transformational piece.
2: Uh, Thanks for asking that. Um, And then of course, just to clarify, um, I did have a, uh, you know, a couple of supportive adults that definitely have stuck with me, which I'm very grateful for um but for the most part i i think that to answer that question i i pretty much think um as an adult now i think back to when i was younger i think like what um what did i need and want at this age and what can i do to give that to my students or to to youth that i work with and all it is is just being introspective and just looking in your into your past self and just asking what did i need at the time what did i feel lost about um, what what words would I, would I have wanted to hear or even on a technical level with my private lessons like how would i have wanted this certain concept on guitar to be explained to me in a way that i could understand and i i just try my best to meet my students or whoever it is, whoever it is that I'm working with, I try to meet them where they're at and, um, allow them to feel as comfortable as possible around me and, um, feel that they can be successful with me supporting them, but knowing that their success, uh, just comes from them and not from me, like I, I can help them, but I try to just, transform um, those feelings that I used to have and use them to actually give me advice on how to be towards, towards younger people or just, even just towards anyone, because I, I do also have adult students as well.
1: All right, Allegra. So now we want to kind of shift into your album that you just released, uh, Gift Exchange. And in particular, if you could talk to us about, we want to talk about the whole album, of course, but the song that I was introduced to you, to you uh, from, We uh, Dan and I have a high school classmate that shared your uh, music with us. And I just absolutely loved use my f and pronouns. Um, and so, can you talk about the writing process and what that song, both lyrically and musically, means to you?
2: Yay! I'm I'm really glad you liked that song. So, um, that song, interestingly enough. Um, the instrumental guitar riff you hear at the beginning of the song was actually something I wrote a really long time ago when I was 16 years old. And I wrote kind of a a poem um, that it's not 100% reflected into the current song now, but I pretty much wrote um, a stanza of a poem at the time um, about being frustrated of people not addressing me by they, them pronouns. And this was when I was 16 years old. So it was almost 10 years ago. Um, And I, you know, I, I messed around with the song musically and just kind of shelved it and kind of forgot about it and moved on. And years later, um, actually in uh, 2021, I was trying to write more music and um at the time my inspiration to write a brand new song wasn't it wasn't happening and i found um an old social media profile of on my instagram and i found myself playing this playing that riff uh with me doing a spoken word line which is actually referenced in the song it's um it, it references people being confused by me, Um, it says everyone around you, they just want, they just want to know the facts, whether you are this or that, they don't bother to interact, and if I told them I was neither, they would probably get confused, they don't bother to see the world through my eyes, and that was something that, you know, 16-year-old Allegra said, so, um, and I just felt like it was important to, um, to embrace that, part of me when I was younger and capture it into what we know as the current release of the song and I finished writing lyrics of the song and I didn't intend to this for this song to speak for anyone else you know the experiences in the song directly are only for me um and it I um the, in the, the lyrics of the song, is, it's just a direct ex- experience of frustration and general life dissatisfaction that I feel when people don't recognize me for me. Um, so in the first verse, it just says, when I, when I go out in public, I want to leave because everyone calls me she, and that's not me, which is a very direct um, statement. Um, it just when people don't refer to me using they, them pronouns. And the chorus, um, it says, how many times does it take for you to address me in the right way? It's just as important as my name. Uh, Don't expect me to keep telling you what to say and do when you don't want to. And that very last line I just said, don't expect me to keep telling you what to say and do when you don't want to, I think has, I think some people have been confused by what I meant by that. Um, But All I meant by that is, um, I, when people know I use they, them pronouns and they, they call me, she, her, or they just misgender me as something else. It's that constant thing of me having to just constantly remind them and tell them like, Hey, I don't, Hey, please use they, them, or just me constantly correcting people that I know and that I would consider acquaintances or people that I've had to work with, um, so that's what I meant by that line. Um, and in the second verse, I say, um, if you want to be my friend, could you maybe help me to correct people that don't attempt to get it right? Um, which is just something that for me personally, I, I do appreciate when it, it, when I'm not the one that has to correct people or, or explain myself. I like when I have friends that are like, oh no, it's they, them. And And just to clarify, you know, this song, yes, it's clearly about pronouns because it's that's what's in the title, but it's it's so much more than that. You know, that's that's not the main the main thing. Um, It is the main thing of the the title of the song and in addressing people, but it's so much more than that. It's it's about people seeing me for who I am and how I see myself. Um, and, you know, actually acknowledging me as someone who is non-binary and not seeing me as one way as, as male or female and changing the way one thinks about me and perceives me. So musically, that's kind of what the song is about. And it was just something that, and, and instrumentally, you know, um, I'm really proud of the instrumentals on the song. I, 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 um, I, I wrote all of the guitar and bass parts on the song. Um, and of course the lyrics and the vocals, and I'm not a drummer. So my drummer actually did the the drums on it. Um, but I had kind of a general idea of what I wanted for it. And it's, it's just something I'm, I would just classify my music as alt rock. Um, I don't like to, I, I wouldn't say my music is necessarily punk or, it's anything along those lines, but I I would say it's alt rock and it kind of has an amalgamation of different genre influences and playing in uh, styles. Um, and it's just a song that just, it, it, it seemed like something so simple. And, um, I know that you guys actually saw the song because of some of the, the comments I got on it. Um, for those that didn't know, I, I received thousands of hateful reactions and hundreds of just hateful comments on Facebook and YouTube. And it was just something that, that seemed like such a simple message, like just respect me for who I am. And, um, you know, and it just seemed like something that wouldn't be misconstrued or, um, taken outside of context and, or even mocked but of course of course it would be you know um but i do feel really proud of the song and despite uh, any of the negative reaction i got towards it because i got so much positive response and love to the song in the video which it was my first music video i recorded so that's kind of an overview of the song if you
0: Allegra, that uh, ability to create music and lyrics, I mean, end of either one of those is uh, for someone like me, I'm like just amazed at, but to be able to do both of those, but to also then be able to channel your lived experience, to be able to channel emotions is an incredibly vulnerable act. And then to put it out there, just like you were saying, to put it out there uh, and to have various reactions. How, how can you, that to me seems very both courageous and I'm curious, like, what does it feel like for you to take something, this thing that you're creating from within and bringing it outside to other people? What is that experience like?
2: Thanks for asking that. Um, It's, um, it's very thrilling and exciting. But to share something and to have a major release, especially that this was one of my pretty much my first major release, but it's also really nerve wracking and causes a lot of anxiety and even fear, you know, because, um, it's something that I, at least speaking personally, and I know many other artists and musicians would agree with me, but like, at least for my song and my album, it was something that I've spent months and months of hard work of just, hours upon hours working on this. And the videographers who edited the video spent like, you know, over like 50 hours just editing the video and working so hard on it. And of course, when you're an artist or, or a musician that puts so much work and energy and time and love and passion into your project, you want it to be perceived well, and you want people to appreciate it. And you you hope for a big response, um, whether that's like the number of people watching it or just the opportunities you might get from it, and that's that's what I wanted from this video and I and the song like and just the whole album because I feel like um, that was the leading single off the album and you know it's it's the biggest song I have now just because of the response and the attention I've got from it. But, um, on a side note, I just want to say that it's not, it's surely not the only song that represents me. And there's, so if you have a chance to listen to any of the other nine songs, um, you can definitely see a lot more of me than just this one song, but putting it out there was nerve wracking. And I was excited because I had worked so hard on it. And I was like, I really want to put this out. You know, it, I spent my whole 2022 an end of 2021 working towards this. So almost a whole year. And, um, when I did put it out and, um, I did get, you know, positive reception from local friends and people in the local music scene, but then when it reached that, the wider audience and unfortunately the wrong audience actually to see the video, it, it was very, um, heart wrenching and, stressful and uh, even um, scary. Um, just some of the the comments, um, which I don't it's not worth repeating some of the comments that on my video, but just to summarize, you know, the comments were um, extremely hateful, transphobic, they were saying just some of the, the most despicable things that you could read, you know, just online anonymous people, um, attacking me and even my bass player, who's a trans woman. Um, so it was in, it, this happened actually on Thanksgiving day, um, which was, you know, that it's, um, but, you know, so that, to, that was a big hit for me, but I, I knew it's like, in my brain I just kept telling myself like this is temporary and they'll stop after like a couple of weeks which they did but it was so hard to deal with when it first started coming in I had to block hundreds of accounts and delete uh, highly inappropriate comments and I'm I was very grateful for the the music community in my city um, to actually share and promote it and comment really kind things on it and I think I know for sure that's what will stick with me the most, but I will never forget how the negative comments and, um, you know, that some of those um, people made me feel, um, but I try, I tried not to let them have power over me. And I, I think I very much succeeded in that. And yeah, it was, um, it was an amazing experience and I can't wait to do it again (laughs) with another album. So
1: And Allegra, another song on the album that we want to hear from you about is Dumpster Fire on Douglas. Can you talk about that? And I I love how you approach Use My F and Pronouns where you talked about the lyrics and the music. So if you could do that for for that song as well, that would be incredible.
2: Thanks for asking. Um, So with Dumpster Fire on Douglas, this was the second single I released. And it's not out yet, um, but I do plan on releasing a music video in the next... Few months, hopefully by April, um, just depending on how editing is going. So this song um, musically, I'll talk about instrumentals first. Um, this one I really wanted it to be a heavy, a heavier sound. Um, I was kind of inspired by some uh, some metal riffs and pop punk style riffs on this one, and I had a lot of fun writing the guitar parts on this one um and once again you know I wrote both guitar parts and the bass part um but the message for this song is interesting and it's a true experience it's it's actually about a dumpster fire that I saw and so I'll dive deep deeper into what it's about so in was it early 2022 I was at my friends, I was actually on my way to, to my friend's apartment complex to, to like hang out with her. And, um, uh, she lives, you know, just like in Des Moines. And, um, when I got there, um, I see in her apartment complex parking lot, the, the, there is a dumpster that's like on fire. (laughs) Like I drive in and the first thing I see is a flaming dumpster. And I was, it was kind of scary to see that, um, cause it's a few feet away from the apartment complex. And you know, that, that definitely can put tenants in danger. And, um, uh, it was either her or one of the neighbors called, uh, the fire department to put it out. And, I just want to clarify that the part of Des Moines where this was is a very underserved community in Des Moines that doesn't have um, what like the suburbs have or what some of the wealthier parts of Des Moines have. It's a pretty underserved neighborhood. It's very overpoliced, and And um, when they called the fire department to put it out um, and you can actually hear I'll, I'll talk about the lyrics so you can kind of see what I'm saying. But when they called the fire department to put it out, I, we saw the fire truck almost there. And then they, they missed the turn and kept going and literally drove past the flaming dumpster, um, which might seem kind of funny, but you know, in the moment I was, we were kind of like nervous laughing. Um, and they did eventually turn around and put it out. Um, but it kind of made me like in the moment, I didn't kind of think anything of it. Cause I, we were all just like, okay, like we got to put the fire out. But when I got home, I was like, I was mad that they were so careless and it maybe, you know, it's like, maybe they didn't mean to, but how could you not know like where to go? You know, um, especially that this is a a, <laughs> a neighborhood that you're supposed to serve and protect. And It just got me thinking um, how there's so many parts of our, um, parts of the world and just in communities that don't get the help that they need and deserve to thrive. And that's, um, even though the song is very literal, lyric wise. um, um, So the first verse is there's a dumpster fire on Douglas Avenue. What can we do when the ones who were supposed to put it out drove right past into the night? missed the turn and didn't look back we're stuck here now to put it out ourselves which of course we didn't put it out ourselves but just for the sake of the song um and then the chorus just talks about the the flames of the fire these flames are visceral and they incinerate and they're incinerating this is the actual first time I've seen a dumpster fire and it's incinerating and I'm incinerated and then in the second verse I sing um there's a bunch of fires all around the world." The one in front of me is definitely not the worst it could be, but it's the worst for me. Uh, the health is getting overlooked, and the flames are here, just taking, taking off, taking off. And um, I just, it again, I just really wanted to sing about um, that. The, the physical and literal experience of seeing the dumpster, but there is kind of an underlying thought and message I had about the song. So that's what I wanted to say about that one. Thanks for asking.
0: Wondering uh, if you could talk about uh, one of the nonprofits that you've uh, worked with for, I think, at least six years, Girls Rock Des Moines. Could you talk about what is that organization and what 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 do you do with the organization? How did you become involved with it, and uh, you know, maybe help our listeners understand ways that they can support it?
2: Awesome. So, um, I work with Girls Rock Des Moines. Um, so, Girls Rock Des Moines is a nonprofit organization based in Des Moines, Iowa, that serves um, girls and gender expansive youth through music. Um, So Girls Rock Des Moines offers summer camps, which is our biggest part of our programming, and also year round programming, such as open mics, um, overnight, overnighters like songwriting sessions, um, concerts, girls rock live events where we highlight a specific female artist um, in the music industry and um, supporting uh, local artists in our area that are female identifying or or gender expansive. And um, I, I started working uh, with this organization in 2017 um, in the summer. And just to clarify, I don't work with girls rock full time, but it is something that I have put hours and hours into, and it's just been a huge part into helping me grow into the the musician I am today as I navigate the music industry. Um, I was 19 when I first started working at Girls Rock in the summer, and I taught guitar lessons and was a band coach at our summer camp. And we have our summer, in the past, we've had our summer camps at various, schools like elementary or middle schools in Des Moines and um, Girls Rock is working to get a permanent space where we can have our camps. And the synopsis of the camp is it's a two week long camp and um, there's two of them, one in June and one in July. And uh, we have upwards to 40-ish campers for anywhere between like 35 to 50 or 45 campers. And um, the students are, they're not students, I guess they're, we call them campers. They're placed in um, a band uh, with other, with other people of their same age. And in the two weeks time, they have to learn how to play their instrument if they haven't already, because some of them do have musical experience, but some of them have maybe never even touched an instrument or picked up an instrument and played it in their life. And in two weeks, they have to learn a cover song and write an original song with their band, and they have various workshops and activities they do throughout the camp. Um, like, for example, we have um, audio production and songwriting camps. We have, um, you know, clinics and workshops with music industry, uh, female identifying or gender expansive music industry workers in our city. And importantly, we also have um, workshops at our camp that center around social justice and feminism. And it's so much more than music. Music is the main part of Girls Rock, but at the same time, it's just so much more than that. Girls Rock is all about um, coming into your authentic self and, uh, and you are allowed to be exactly how you are. You can exist how you are as you as you build confidence, authenticity, and power as a person. And it's such an amazing experience. And um, Girls Rock Des Moines never turns down campers uh, dis- despite their financial background. We um, no matter what someone's situation is, they're always allowed to do Girls Rock Camp because we have, you know, scholarship funds, and we work with, uh, we've collaborated with Des Moines Public Schools. So that's what Girls Rock Des Moines is. And uh, the campers get the chance to play at 8035 and like the Des Moines Arts Festival and uh, Wooly, like ven- various venues in our city. And it's something I've done seasonally in the summers. I have done some year round work with Girls Rock, um, but. Um, yeah since 2019 and every summer up until this point and 2020 we had to do a virtual camp which was interesting but um ways you can support girls rock um their website if you want to check it out it's girlsrockdesmoines.org um and uh so it's girlsrock and then dsm.org and you can, of course, I, you can donate directly on the website, you know, um, or just coming out to the events that we host, whether it's a uh, We Jam, like an, an open mic event, um, you can go to the Girls Rock Live events um, and pretty much um, share if you, you know, if you are in Iowa or Des Moines, sharing about it with your friends. Donating. Um, uh, we always are looking for volunteers. Um, we do have paid positions and in, in, at camps, but we also always need help with volunteering. So if you are a female identifying or um, gender expansive individual, like, um, uh, we, we would love to have you work with us if you want to. Um, It's And it's not something I, again, I don't work there full time. It's just something I'm very passionate about and um, want to promote when I can. So that's Girls Rock.
1: And Allegra, can you talk to us about your spiritual experience or your spiritual journey?
2: Uh, As you heard earlier, you know, being raised in a religious background, I I definitely have departed quite a lot from that. Um, And I wouldn't say I'm... um, I follow any sort of religion. Um, I guess, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I practice any form of spirituality, but I think one thing that I do try to try to do is take time to connect with myself, um, as much as possible, whether it's through uh, meditation, um, or, um, reflecting back on my younger self or or looking into the future and manifesting a future that I want for myself when I'm older as well. Um so I don't have a routine spiritual practice, but I I try my best to be in tune with myself and and um the and the way I interact with others as well. So I don't have too many specifics on that, but Thanks for asking.
0: And Allegra, talk to us about the role of humor and laughter in your life.
2: Yeah, yeah. So for me, um, humor and laughter—it's, I—it's uh, something that I would say adds a sense of relief and relaxation. Um, I wouldn't say you know I'm into conventional like comedy or anything like uh, as a genre. But um, uh, laughing, humor, and laughter is something I can just find in just day-to-day experiences. Like when me and my band are like, I would say like the number one th- way that <laughs> laughter is brought into my life is uh, being with my band and them doing like the the silliest things, and uh, it and it just like it, it brightens my day or hearing like, well, like one of my eight-year-old students say something like super random, like, uh, (laughs) I'm trying to think of an example, uh, but just, just um, stuff that kids say. It's it's super cool and interesting and also can be like super funny to hear. Um, And it's, I would say the role of humor and laughter in my life is something that I, I wish I could see more of actually, but whenever there are moments where I can truly uh, laugh at something, um, it, it just makes, it just brings me a sense of joy and relaxation um, from a very busy life and workload that I have.
1: And Allegra, what books and musicians are important to you?
2: Thank you for asking. So I can answer both of the questions about music and books. And I guess I'll start with music. Um so um influential artists, artists that I've had uh growing up, and um I would say um a very influential artist that I've always loved and listened to since I was uh 13 or 14 um was Tegan Tegan and Sarah. I love their music and their songwriting. Um, and they were one of the they were actually the first uh, queer or gay, gay artists that I ever found out about. Um, and when I was, you know, like a preteen or early teen, when I found out about them, I really, I definitely really clung, clung onto that so much. And it made me see that, Hey, like if I grow up and be a musician, I can have a successful path like Tegan and Sarah. And then from there, I found so many more, uh, musicians like them aside from from that i really uh, i grew up listening to a lot of rock and metal um in terms of rock I, I love uh the band paramore um they're just one of my favorite bands and i love their um i love their music i appreciate who haley williams is as a person um and i I listened to, um, in terms of, you know, instrumental music, I, I do, I do listen to some instrumental music that influences my playing and just kind of makes me think about music in a different way. Um, I love one of my favorite guitarists is Khaki King. I also listened to, uh, when I was young, I started listening to like prog rock and metal. So animals as leaders, they're very technical band, um, but I have, but that question is really hard because I listed like three or four or like three artists. And I just, there's like so many artists that I have listened to growing up throughout my life that, that um, gosh, I, I, it would just take a long time to go through them. But I guess um, those are just a few that have been in my early influences, but I, what I do usually now i I really just try to look for new music all the time. Um, I really try to actively seek out new music. Um, whether it's through, you know, Spotify or just um uh, Bandcamp. I I enjoy finding music through Bandcamp or um just Instagram or TikTok. Just I, I try to um stay current with music and um like a current, uh, definitely one of my favorite, um, current artists is Muna right now. Um, I really like, uh, meet me at the altar. They're a pop punk band. Um, they played at 35 last year there. Um, but yeah, I really, I try to listen to a mix of modern artists and, you know, my parents, grew up listening to classic rock like so I was I was always listening to like Fleetwood Mac and Heart and like U2 and just um and then uh, I can't forget this but I guess something I didn't even mention Nirvana is absolutely one of my favorite artists of all time I I have like all of their albums and compilations including their really uh b-side songs and um, I love Nirvana, and um, yeah, so 90s grunge is something that I really enjoy, uh, like L7 and Hole and bands like that, but that's, I guess that's what I'll say about the music portion. I don't read as much as I want to or should, but some favorite books, so I would say one of my favorite fiction books Um I really like um, the Millennium Trilogy by Stieg Larsson which most people know as The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I really like the protagonist of the trilogy uh, Lisbeth Salander. Um, the book does is definitely dark. It's definitely a, not a lighthearted read and you really have to like it's you know it's 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 a crime thriller. Um but I really enjoy uh, those three books. And I, I love the protagonist of those books. And I think they're very well written. And it's just, those are some of my favorite fiction books. And I have a few more, but that's what came to mind. And then right now, and I, I really like actually reading nonfiction. Um, one of my favorite nonfiction books is um, This Is Your Brain on Music by Daniel J. Levitin, and it talks about your brain's neurological reaction to listening to music and playing music. Um, so yeah, it's, this is your brain on music, the science of of a human obsession. And I'm currently reading a, um, a nonfiction book called Before We Were Trans, A New History of Gender by Kit Ham, which is a historical nonfiction book documenting um, people within um, whether it might be an ancient culture like Hatshepsut from ancient Egypt or more um, recent from the 1800s or 1700s it, it, it um, talks about it explores um, the history of people who who may be trans but the author doesn't imply that it just it explores um, historical figures that um, to highlight the possibility of trans-existence before it was widely known, I guess. So,
0: Allegra, I love that book, too, that you mentioned about uh, Daniel Levington. Uh And that oh. beginning part, too, where he's talking about all the, the brain. I had to read it, like, I don't know, like I... 50 times, but it was oh so God. cool.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm glad you like the book. Yeah, I had to, like, renew the book, like, twice because it was, like, <laughs> such a – it was so much – stuff and i like i was like i'm not going to read this in like 2 weeks or however <laughs> like um but it's such it's an amazing book
0: agreed well i was wondering if you could talk to us about how our listeners can keep connected to you how can they find you online and find out your latest music and find where to see you on tour and and social media and how can they listen to and purchase the latest album gift exchange
2: you can find me on pretty much all social platforms um, Allegra Hernandez music on Instagram, on, you know, Facebook, if people use that (laughs) for seeking out artists. Uh, I am on Twitter and TikTok and all that stuff, but I also have a website, AllegraHernandez.com. You can find my music, um, under my name, Allegra Hernandez, on major streaming platforms, um, and Bandcamp. Um, I don't have my music on Amazon though. Um, just because I don't like Amazon as a company I don't know if I'll ever put it on there or not but you can find it on the majority of streaming platforms in terms of shows so I'm I've only really been gigging actively with my current band for about a year and a half and we have yet to break out of the state but that is definitely a goal for the end of the year but I do play a lot of shows in town in Des Moines and we are playing you know, in Iowa City and Cedar Falls this, uh, this summer and spring. And um, we haven't started touring quite yet, but that is definitely something where I would like to do soon. If you just stay updated with any of the social media platforms or my website, you can see where I play And I always announce when I'll be releasing anything new or if any big things are coming up.
1: Well, Allegra, this has just been fantastic. Dan and I both really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us tonight. We appreciated hearing your story and your journey. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you both so much for um, having me on the Curiosity Hour. And it it truthfully means a lot to me as well that um, you wanted to... Uh, hear what I have to say and share it with your listeners. So thank you guys.
0: Currently, the Curiosity Hour podcast does not contain any advertisements or commercials at the beginning or during our episodes. So we hope you won't mind indulging us in a brief public service announcement about a few things that are important to Tommy and me. And it's important to note that these are our views, and they don't in any way, shape, or form uh, necessarily reflect the views of our listeners or our guests. Thanks for being a listener to the Curiosity Hour podcast. The world is facing a major public health crisis with the COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. COVID-19 is very serious, and not only can it kill people of any age, it can also injure people and cause
1: lifelong damage to people's physical and emotional health. Dan and I take this situation very seriously, and we encourage our listeners to join us in protecting our communities by wearing a mask and face shield, social distancing, regularly washing your hands, and staying at home whenever possible. People are the fuel of this virus, and if we can limit unnecessary contact, we can help prevent the spread of this dangerous virus.
0: Wherever you are in the world, please get vaccinated if you have access to the COVID-19 vaccine. Please do your part and join Tommy and me. We're both proudly vaccinated against COVID-19 and we encourage our listeners to get vaccinated against COVID-19 as well. Remember to keep in touch with your family and friends via phone, text, and email. Check up on people and keep your connections, even when you can't be physically in the same space. Please be kind to others as this is a stressful time for all of us to navigate this challenge and all the future uncertainties. And please be kind to yourself.
1: In the U.S., We're also in the midst of an important, ongoing movement for racial justice. Dan and I support anti-racism education, awareness building, and action. We also support the movement for Black Lives. Vision for Black Lives. This vision includes the following: is found on the m4bl.org website. Ending the war on Black people, investing in the education, health, and safety of Black people instead of investments in the criminalizing, caging and harming a black people.
0: Reparations for past and continuing harms. Economic justice for all and a reconstruction of the economy to ensure black communities have collective ownership and not merely access. Community control of the laws, institutions, and policies that are meant to service black communities. And black political power and self-determination
1: and the rights of protesters to be respected and protected. We hope your family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues are able to stay healthy and safe
0: And as always, remember to stay curious. The Curiosity Hour podcast is listener-supported, and thanks again to all those of you who have donated to help pay for the expenses needed to keep the podcast in operation. Remember, the easiest way to donate is via the Venmo app. And you can donate to at Curiosity Hour on that app. That's at Curiosity Hour. Tommy and I thank you for joining us on this episode of the Curiosity Hour podcast. We encourage you to visit our website, thecuriosityhourpodcast.com, where you can learn all the ways to listen to the podcast. You can listen to previous guests, and you can find out how to continue the discussion online via our Facebook page and our Facebook group.
1: If you'd like to share your story or have a suggested guest, please visit our website, thecuriosityhourpodcast.com, and complete the Contact Us form. We encourage you to share your stories with others and to find out about the stories all around you. Stay curious
2: curious
1: stay curious
2: stay curious
1: stay curious
2: stay curious
1: stay curious
2: stay curious stay curious stay curious stay curious stay curious stay
0: curious stay curious stay curious
2: stay curious stay curious stay curious
0: stay curious stay curious
1: stay curious